The talk this evening is on appreciation. There is a way of being, a way of seeing, a way of acting towards ourselves, towards other people, towards the whole earth that is based on love, that is based upon respect, upon sensitivity, and upon compassion. A life of appreciation is a life based upon cherishing everything around us because it is unique. And because it is unique, it is precious and irreplaceable. And if we were, if we were to look upon each other in such a way, we would all have freedom. We would look upon each other with appreciation. If we were to live with appreciation, there would be an end to so many of our problems, to so many of our conflicts. There would be an end to possessiveness, to hostility, to fear and aggression in our relationships with one another. If we were to live with appreciation, there would be an end to oppression and domination in our global relationships. There would be an end to exploitation and domination in our relationship with nature. All of this cannot exist when there is appreciation. All of this can only exist when we do not cherish and respect the uniqueness of life. All of this can only exist as long as we live in a, in a self-centered way, dominated by needs and demands, when we live with a, a mind which is burdened by judgments, by comparisons, by condemnations. Appreciation is the art, the capacity to be able to see anew in each moment, which is to see freshly with vitality, with depth. To live with appreciation, we very much need to be alive within ourselves, which means to be fully sensitive, to be open, to be able to free ourselves of the resistances, the barriers, the fears, which lead to so much hostility, aggression, and alienation. Appreciation is the art of being conscious, of being aware, of being so aware that all preoccupation with superficial differences simply falls away. If we are 
to be able to appreciate ourselves, appreciate others and the world we live in, we need to know what it means to be present, to be awake, to be conscious in the moment. We cannot appreciate when we move through life with our mind closed, with our senses closed, with our senses dulled. <coughs> to be present is to be unburdened. To be awake is essentially to be unburdened by comparison, by images, by expectations, by projections. To be present means that when we are seeing, we see totally. That when we listen, we listen totally. That when we touch, we touch totally. And so can be touched. If we are total in our perceptions, and total in our receptivity to what we perceive, there is spontaneously a response of love. There is spontaneously a response of respect and appreciation. There is spontaneously a cherishing of the uniqueness of life. It may be rare it may be rare that we experience in our lives that depth of perception. It may be rare that we experience that sense of being totally awake, totally conscious. It may be rare that we find ourselves responding totally with love and respect to other people, to the world that we live in. Certainly the degree of, of conflict that is present in the world that we live in that is present in our own lives reveals a lack of appreciation, is a product of a lack of appreciation. Instead of seeing totally, how often is it that we find ourselves just looking at things with our likes and dislikes, our images and our prejudices? Instead of truly being able to listen to ourselves, to another person, to nature, how often do we find ourselves simply hearing, rejecting, dismissing, isolating, choosing? Instead of being touched by the world we live in, instead of being touched by other people, so often we become so glutted by sensation, by input, by stimulation, that instead of having that sensitivity of just being able to feel, to touch, we find ourselves starved for experience, chasing the pleasurable experience, chasing the bigger experience, seeking for the more exciting or the more intense experience.
simply because at times we become so alienated from a basic sensitivity within ourselves. But we are also alienated from being able to be touched by the beauty, the wonder that each moment brings to us. When there is appreciation, life does become in many ways very simple. When we are fully conscious, very awake, life in many ways becomes increasingly simple. Not naive, not superficial, but clear. It is only when we are not truly in touch with a sense of appreciation within ourselves that we lose a kind of spontaneous response to life. And instead of spontaneously responding with intuition from the heart, we find ourselves increasingly being governed by the mind, by thought, by intellect, having to make an increasing number of choices, weighing up pros and cons, seeking for guarantees, seeking to avoid failure. When there is appreciation, when there is that clarity of being awake, the choices we have to make are very few. Often we have to choose simply because something is not immediately, intuitively clear to us. And so we try and clarify things with our thoughts, which are often conditioned which are often based on the past, based upon our likes and dislikes. I wonder how often it is that we actually, truly touch the heart of another person and appreciate their uniqueness, respond to the totality of another person, with their joys and sorrows, their weaknesses and strengths? How often do we, in our communication, in our contact with other people, appreciate the fact that this other person also shares with us the desire to be free from pain, the desire to be peaceful, to experience serenity? If we do touch the heart of another, truly experience their totality, there can only be respect for one another. And with that respect, a sense of wonder and a perception of beauty. Because beauty, a true sense of beauty, cannot be divorced from love. And if we respond totally to another person, the totality of that person, there is love. We do experience moments in our lives of appreciation. We do experience moments when we feel that response of love, of care, of understanding. But so often, those moments are elusive. They tend to pass away. If we are to live with love, 
we also need to discover what it means to live in a lasting way with a sense of appreciation. In our confusions, in the busyness of our lives, of our minds, it seems to me that we have become separated and separate ourselves from other people, from the world that we live in. When there is a sense of separation, there's a sense of distance and also a sense of difference. A sense of difference between people, a sense of difference and distance between ourselves and the world we live in. And that sense, that awareness or consciousness of difference and distance is a source of conflict, is the breeding ground of contention, of controversy, of hostility between people. Instead of being aware and conscious of sharing in a kind of oneness in life and abiding in that sense of oneness, we so frequently find ourselves instead living in a world of apparently many different realities. We see ourselves as being different from the person who sits beside us. We see ourselves as having a different kind of reality from the world of nature, from other living beings. And in this consciousness of living in a world of different realities, what happens is that we have mistaken we have mistaken the condition for being the real. We see another person, we see their appearance, we see their personalities, we see their, their backgrounds, their particular presentation to the world as different than our own. And we mistake those differences for being the reality of that person. Just as so often we mistake our own conditioning, our own personalities, our own presentation to the world as being the reality of ourselves. When those separations exist, the mind accumulates judgments, the mind accumulates images, the mind accumulates projections, condemnations, it also accumulates its own store of fear and aggression. And in all of that, there is little appreciation. Instead of love, sensitivity, compassion, characterizing our relationships, all too often we do find fear, suspicion, alienation, misunderstanding. Instead of care, 
instead of acceptance. Instead, too often we find judgment, we find labels, we find images, all of which lead us many times to emphasize not what we share, to emphasize not what we share, what unifies us, but instead to emphasize what divides us, but instead to emphasize the differences. And that tendency to emphasize differences, to emphasize what divides, to miss what unifies, to what we share in, reinforces and increases that sense of separation. to look anew, to look freshly at what it does mean to live with appreciation, not to project blame outwardly or inwardly, not to make resolutions to be better people or nicer people, because all too often this is just personality modification. We need to look instead, ask ourselves, is it possible for each one of us, is it possible for us as an individual to begin anew in this moment, to take nothing for granted, to be fully alive, to be fully conscious, is it possible for us as an individual to set aside the past, which has only psychological life, to set aside our projections, our plans for the future, which again has only psychological life, and to be fully conscious, to be fully present now, in this moment, to see, to listen, to touch, to feel, totally, to take nothing for granted? Is it possible for us as an individual to set aside our own fears, our own defensiveness, to set aside our own expectations, demands, and to share, to have a relationship with life? Because we must see that a relationship is sharing. A relationship is a meeting of two or more. There is no relationship when we live in a way of demands and needs and wants and me and mine. There's no relationship in that. It seems to me that a prerequisite to living a life of appreciation to being fully conscious, fully present in the moment, is discovering a sense of innocence 
in our being. Not naivety, but the kind of innocence that a child often has. The innocence of the mind which isn't burdened by images, which doesn't carry with it an accumulation of, of labels, of, of projections. The kind of innocence of openness, of being without resistance. The innocence that is in, the in that perception which we so often seem to lose in the complexities of our mind is the innocence of discovery, of exploring, of learning, of being touched. I know many of you probably have at times the opportunity to spend with a child, spend time with a child and to learn from that. And I know myself how much I learn from being with my daughter, from at times just watching her and being with her, and how often she makes a kind of laughing stock of the complexities of my own mind at times. How at times we make a, I, rather not we, I formulate a plan of something to do, or going to see some particular bird or duck and then we'll do this and then we'll do that and then we'll do this and we agree on it and we get out the front door and suddenly she's fascinated by the patch of gravel outside the door and the next hour is spent there going through the stones and looking at one stone after another and it's so wonderful to her and as long as I'm intent on my plans and thinking about that duck we didn't see and of course my mind is completely elsewhere and I have no sense of of sharing and the wonder that she's perceiving in that moment. And at times just being able to drop it, just to be, just to share in that. One has a real sense of openness, of simplicity, of just being with what is. And how if we are fully conscious with what is, fully present with what is. There aren't such things as disappointment. There aren't such things as frustrations of expectations. There aren't such things as a feeling of failure to reach a particular goal or destination. But there is instead a real sense of completeness, a real sense of being total. Sometimes we question what it is, what factor it is in that kind of perception that would allow us to see with appreciation, that would allow us to be very total in the moment. And it seems to me that what allows perception to be total, what allows us to be total and to be present in the moment, is to a very large degree being able to let go, being able to set aside these ideas we have of our fixed values, our fixed standards, our judgments, our labels. 
So often we seem to carry this incredible burden in our lives of standards and values, of what is significant and what is insignificant, what is worthwhile and what is petty, what is deep and what is superficial. So we have these very fixed ideas, and these fixed ideas mean that we bring to the present moment a kind of filtering element that doesn't allow us simply to be with what is. Because the mind has these ideas, which means that we compare, we, we judge, we dismiss, we reject. And so often, we dismiss and reject things that we see in the present on the basis of what we have perceived in the past. And how is it be possible to be total with what is if we see it only in the context of what was. And these images and these standards and these values which are often so fixed in our minds also means that we tend to take so much for granted in life. We take people for granted because we feel we know them so well. We find ourselves dismissing what we see. We go for a walk and simply cease to see anymore because we've been there so many times before. We listen to someone and find ourselves tuning out because we've heard it all before. And living in a world of our own conclusions, our own standards, our fixed or inflexible values, means that we have a relationship to life which is static and stagnant. I think we do need to appreciate that there is, there is no person who is exactly the same in this moment as they were in the last moment. There's nothing that we can see, meet with, no one, who remains exactly the same, who remains static or stagnant just as we ourselves never remain static or stagnant. What brings that stagnation, what brings that sense of things being static, is living in a world of our own conclusions, which doesn't allow us to see. Appreciation, appreciation certainly is sensitivity, is being fully sensitive to the changes that are ever going on around us, is being sensitive to the changes that other people are always undergoing, being sensitive to the changes that we undergo. And it's important to see that we are only sensitive only truly sensitive when we are attentive. and cannot separate sensitivity from being attentive. We're not sensitive when we're spacing out here, there, and everywhere, when we're living in past, present, and future all at the same time, when the mind is lost in its daydreams, in its plans, in its memories. can hardly say that there's a great deal of appreciation of the present. By attention is not meant that kind of 
exclusive concentration with blocking everything out. But the kind of attention of being fully present with what is, fully conscious with what is. I don't know if you've noticed, but when you are fully attentive, when you are totally attentive, the mind is silent. When you are totally attentive, the mind is still. There are no images, there's no director, there's no manipulation, no desire to modify or change. When you're totally attentive, there's no filtering element of likes and dislikes, of, of prejudices, of distortions, but a total perception of what is. And yet it's obvious that you cannot make the mind be still. You cannot make yourself be attentive. By no effort or willpower can you make the mind be silent. The mind is silence, is silent. When we cease to dwell upon the noise, the mind is silent when we give emphasis to being attentive. What gives a sense of activity, of busyness, of noise within the mind is because we dwell upon the noise, is because we give energy to the noise. And it's also obvious that it takes a tremendous amount of energy to be attentive. It takes a tremendous amount of energy to observe, to watch, to be fully conscious, to be fully present. And at times people say, well, I simply don't have that much energy. Or people regard energy as some form of limited commodity that you have to reserve, you have to save some for later, or you're going to be too tired to do something. Yet I wonder if we question what it is that makes us tired, what it is that consumes our energy, because surely we realize that it's only a short step from being tired and energyless to dullness and indifference. It's not attention which consumes energy. Attention gives energy, creates energy. It is being inattentive which consumes energy. It's dwelling upon thoughts, it's identifying with the noise, it's is being preoccupied with, with past, with future, with plans, with memories. It's the occupations of the mind and the dances of the mind that we become interested in and dwell upon that consume energy. Or a person may feel, well, it, it's difficult to be attentive, but it's not difficult to be attentive. Being attentive is actually the simplest thing in the world. And you probably fa have found that yourself if you reflect just briefly. If we were showing a feature-length movie up here three or four times a day, you'll probably find yourself fascinated. You'll be able to sit easily for an hour and concentrate on the movie. I wonder when there's only one person in front of you in the food line at lunchtime, how attentive you are. You'll probably find yourself very attentive. 
It's easy to be attentive when you're interested. It's easy to be attentive when the object of attention is something which is cherished. And if we cherish appreciation, if we cherish being conscious, if we truly cherish being clear, being free, being sensitive, it is easy to be attentive. Because it means that so easily, so simply, we set aside the preoccupations of the mind, we set aside the occupations of the mind, we set aside the dwelling, simply because we realize the significance of attention simply because we we cherish the significance of appreciation, of love, of understanding. I wonder if we do appreciate the significance of that sensitivity, of that attention. Look at the significance of appreciation in our relationships with one another. If we truly appreciate one another in our relationships, it means that we take nothing for granted. It also means that we have relationships of freedom. Relationships of freedom are relationships where there are no needs and demands Relationships of freedom are relationships where those relationships are not arenas in which to either protect or assert ourselves. Relationships of freedom are relationships of of love and respect. Are relationships where we cherish the uniqueness of another person and because of that see, truly see, that we have no right to expect other people to conform to our demands, to our expectations. Relationships of freedom are relationships of acceptance. When we truly see that other people in this world are not objects which are placed there to reinforce us or to gratify our expectations or wishes. If there is that appreciation, that sense of appreciation in our relationship with others, there is respect. There is a seeing of the uniqueness of that person and so no highlighting of differences or appearances, but rather a deep understanding of what we share, that we appear in this world in so many different forms, that one takes away the presentations, one takes away the conditioned, one takes away the appearances, and one finds a variety of different beings who share 
that need to be loved and cared for, who share the need to be free from pain, from suffering, who share in the capacity to experience joy, to experience serenity. And what we see is a world in which we ourselves appear in a variety of different forms. And if we can appreciate that, there will be so spontaneously just respect. There will be communication, not necessarily a verbal communication, but a deeper non-verbal communication that is born of being able to touch the heart of another, that is born of being able to be touched by another. If we can truly see what we share, if we can truly appreciate the oneness in which we share, it is not difficult to set aside the fears, the defensiveness, the barriers, which constantly reinforce separation. And when we can set them aside, not once, but again and again and again in our lives, we can also understand what compassion is. It takes a tremendous amount of courage to be compassionate, because it takes the courage to be open. It takes the courage to set aside our own resistances and to extend ourselves to others. When there is that appreciation, there is also responsibility. And responsibility is not duty. Responsibility doesn't come out of a sense of obligation, nor does it come out of a sense of superiority, of being better or better off but rather responsibility comes out of cherishing the well-being of all beings because we see ourselves in a different form in so many ways. There's no sense of needing or wanting or intending to share anything. Just as a, a flower just is. Its scent, its beauty, its growth, it just is. When we are open within ourselves, again, there is just compassion, there is just understanding, there is just love, which is shared. So often we, we miss, we miss that sense of appreciation because we tend to be so busy in our lives, trying to modify, trying to change, trying to manipulate and to make things different, to make things how we think they should be, to make things how we want them to be. Meditation is learning to let go of that busyness, is learning to be just with what is, so that when we see, we just see, when we sit, we just sit. When we walk, we just walk. When we listen, we just listen. 
Meditation is learning to be present, to be attentive, and so to be sensitive, inwardly and outwardly. And in that sensitivity, we begin to discover for ourselves a way of life that is based on love, that is based upon sensitivity and respect. We discover a a life of appreciation where we cherish everything around us because it is unique. And because it is unique, it is precious and irreplaceable. By being present, by being sensitive, by being attentive, we discover a way of being, a way of living, a way of acting towards ourselves, towards other people, towards the whole earth that is based on love. May all beings live with sensitivity. May all beings live with love. May all beings live with appreciation. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.